Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance. Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports, no more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with goldstar.com. Goldstar is in 26 cities around the country with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to goldstar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them Alana sent you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of end friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Hey everyone, new episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind the scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. 
Little-known fact about my guest today, she is a passionate player of video games. Destiny is one of her favorites. She also plays Detective Haley Upton on the hit series Chicago PD. Welcome Tracy Spiridakis to the podcast. A-OK. My guest today is Tracy Spiridakis. Tracy is the star of the NBC series Chicago PD, created by Dick Wolf. Other TV credits include Supernatural, Being Human, Bates Motel, Episodes, and MacGyver. Her breakout role in the NBC series Revolution brought her tremendous acclaim when she was cast by its creator, J.J. Abrams. She is a native of Canada. Uh, but we're really excited to have her in our country for a while. Welcome, Detective Haley Upton, to the podcast. Thank you very much. This is, is it Haley or, it's Haley. It's Haley. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, I have a friend whose name is Hallie, and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes people are going to call you Haley. Yeah. Because they're more familiar with it. Yeah, exactly. That's a lovely name, though. Hallie. I know. I know. Beautiful. I have a, I have two kids, and often I'll hear a name. My kids' names are Georgia and Caleb, and I think I did great. Yeah. But every once in a while, they are 15 and 12, so I've had them for a while. <laughs> and I'll hear a name, and I'll be like, oh, that would have been good, too. <laughs> I can imagine, as a parent, that must be a stressful Kind of situation trying yes. to, yeah, I, 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 I mean. It's forever. Yeah, it's, that's, that's what you got. Yeah. I yeah. mean, obviously at 18, they can do whatever they want. And if she wants to be Haley. Right. She can. Yes. But it's a really weird, like, like the other day I heard the word, the name Ava, which we had been a name on our list. And I was like, who would she be? Like, had she been Ava? But you are Tracy. I am. And your first name is pretty straightforward. Well, my actual first name, I, my, my Greek name is Panayota. And how, that, do you, how would you spell that in English letters? Uh, you sounded it out. P A N A G I O T A. Banayota. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and so that's my that's my actual Greek name. And then uh, through that, it's Patricia, and then Tracy. So when you were growing up, so you spent your earliest years. In Winnipeg? I did. So I was born in Winnipeg, and then uh, my parents are both Greek, and so they actually raised us in Greece. We moved to Greece, my brothers and I, when I was four. They're older. And we were there until I was about nine, and then we came back to Winnipeg. So were your parents born in Greece or born in Canada? Born in Greece. Um, What were they doing in Canada when you, having children originally there before they moved back, what were they doing there to begin with? So my dad uh, came to Canada because he wanted to be a hairdresser. And so he immigrated into the country, went to, started studying, uh, uh, going to hair school. And he actually met my mom there. My mom had come separately um, and wanted to be a teacher. And so she wanted to go to school out there. And so she was doing that and they had met, they had my brothers move to Greece back to Greece, got pregnant with me, came back to Canada. So okay. they did like the back and forth. But did they both come to Canada because like was there a big Greek population in this community? Like many family members? Like why Winnipeg? Like how did that happen? I think my dad's, well, my dad's was because his one of his siblings, his clo- like the one closest to him in age was in Winnipeg. So okay. that was his draw. And then my mom had some family that was there as well. So that's why she chose Winnipeg in Canada. Okay, so they meet. And do they both sort of pursue those careers at first? My dad did. 
My mom did not. My mom stayed. She got had my brothers and then, you know, was a stay-at-home mom for a long time. And my dad uh, was a hairdresser for a long time. When we went back to Greece, he opened his own salon and was doing that for a while. Do you have a memory of that? I do. Yeah, it was great. Um and I, you, so a lot of Americans who haven't traveled know Greece from, you know, documentaries or Mamma Mia right. films or, you know, I, I don't know. There's kind of an idea, you know, we know like the main um, tourist attractions, you know, the Acropolis or, or then all the beautiful islands. And I think we all picture like blue seas, blue skies, white buildings other than the very historical ancient right. places. So did you grow up in like a town or on an island? Like what did it look like? It was, uh, it's definitely more, it's different than that, more in the mainland. So I grew up in a little village in on the mainland in the south, almost like the southeast tip. Um, it was a town called Scala. And that's where that's where my brothers and I were raised. So it it you know it's beautiful right by the you know you can see the water, but it took a little bit to get there because you're kind of weaving in and out. Right. Um, and it was I mean it was great. We my brothers and I played soccer and we're outside all the time. It's a small community, so everybody knows everybody. We were just kind of running around loose all the time, uh, coming in for meals and then going back outside. Uh, Did you have a lot of family members there, extended family? Yeah, my dad. So we were where we were was closer to my dad's side of the family. Uh, my mom's from Athens, so her family was uh, further north. Um, so we were close to my dad's mom and dad, and then his dad uh, passed away while we were there. And then, you know, he had a, a sister that's still out there. And... Um, yeah, so we got to hang out with all my cousins and then everybody that was out there. It was, it was incredible growing up there. I can't believe it. So Greek really is your first language. I mean, I was born in Canada, so uh, I there was some uh, English that was taught to me at a young age. But yes, it, Greek was definitely the one that I remember. And your parents speak Greek to each other, I would imagine. Yeah, Um and my dad, you know, very heavy, thick accent, and my mom, not so much. Like, she she kind of lost a lot of her accent, really loves learning English and, and was all about that. So she spoke to us a lot in English as well. Nia Vardalis was on the podcast. I don't know if you know each other. I don't know if every Greek-Canadian uh, is friends. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, she spent we spent a lot of time talking about her, obviously, because of big, fat Greek wedding films, et cetera. Right. Um, but she really put Greece and Greek family traditions on the map here culturally right. yeah. in, in, in terms of like letting people in on what it feels like to have a big, huge Greek hilarious family. Totally. I loved that movie. Were She's... those movies meaningful for you and your family or did you not feel like outsiders or? No, I think um, I definitely related to a lot of parts in it. I think, you know, um, my brothers and I were, you know, we're kind of, we kind of go by our own little beat. Um, and we were younger that there was like, you know, it, we were a little quirky. We grew up in a little, you know, kind of village different than everybody else. Yeah. And so that was that was an adjustment period when we moved back to Canada. How um, old were you when you moved back? I was nine. So what grade were you going into? Like, I was going into grade five. Right. Because I skipped a year 
um, when we moved to Greece, I think I was supposed to be going into kindergarten, but they don't have kindergarten or the cutoff is different. I don't really remember. So then I got put right into grade one. So I was always a little bit younger, but in a higher grade. And when did you start going like, I'm interested in performing? Were your Was your family very performative? Were you more jocks? Like, what was the... Our family was, no, um, I think my dad, like, my dad was always the prankster, loved to make people laugh, uh, and I definitely take from that Uh side of it. I will do anything for a laugh. I'm very goofy. Uh Um, And whenever there was any stressful times at home or anything like that, I'd always be like, look at me. (laughs) I got it. Yeah. Um, Are there three kids in your family? There's three of us. Yeah, I have two older brothers. And what's the age difference between you and them? So they are they are eleven months apart, and I am three years younger than my middle brother. Right. Um, but, but you're the baby and the only girl. Baby, only girl in a Greek family. So you really had to prove, like, <laughs> it is really good. I'm here, guys. Aren't yeah. I hilarious? Aren't you glad I'm here? And also with the like, you know, my dad was very protective, and so it was always, you know, you go, you follow your sister everywhere. <laughs> so my brothers were just with me everywhere. So you had secret service men. A hundred percent. Like trying to date in that environment. Good luck. Right. People were like, oh, we'll pass. It's yeah. Fine. Thank you. Um, and my and, you know, I think it I think what's interesting about it is it made my brothers and I so close. Like mm-hmm. my brothers are my best friends in the world. I still call them. I, you know, I was talking to one of my brothers for almost two hours the other day trying to yeah. like help me solve my life. Um, That's good. They're great. Did it work? Did it, he solve it? It wor- Yeah, he did. He great. Did. He always does. Can I call him? Um, I mean, they're... I have a couple of things. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. My children's names, the least of it. <laughs> Got it. They're amazing. And are either of them actors or in no. the performing arts? No one is in the industry at all. No, my oldest brother is a diesel mechanic um, and uh, he works on like big semi trucks and that and then my middle brother helps my mom run our family restaurant in Winnipeg. Wait, family restaurant, buried the lead. Okay, so you come back. It's not a salon life anymore. Right. It's a restaurant. Well, he came back and, you know, uh, when he moved back to Canada, I think it was, I remember, I mean, a lot of it was kind of fuzzy for me at my age, but I remember him having a hard time coming coming back into being a hairdresser out here. He right. owned his own salon in Greece. He kind of had his own thing going. And I think coming back in and doing, like, you know, uh, interviews and that kind of, he just wasn't as comfortable with it anymore. So he actually went through a few different jobs. He was painting for a while uh, with a friend of his and did a few things. And then uh, my mom got a different job. She was working at uh, Medichair, uh company in Canada. Oh, wait, what's that? They provide uh, like wheelchairs. Oh, and medicha- like medical medicha- chairs. Yes. Got it. Got it. Um, and then, uh, and then my dad finally they got into the restaurant industry and they decided to get a restaurant. I think I was about seventeen when we got the restaurant. And it's a Greek, a traditional Greek restaurant. It's like a Greek diner. So we got burgers and that, but we've got you know musaka and all of the good musaka, things. Pasticcio. My mom makes all of it. So your mom cooks. My mom cooks. And does your how, does your dad run it or what is your father's he did. So yeah. my dad uh, passed away almost five years ago. Okay. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, he was he was the best. Um, but so it was the two of them that were doing it. And then after, you know, kind of when my dad started to get sick, my middle brother and I were actually in Vancouver and I was pursuing acting and he was out there with me. And uh, he got a call that, you know, they would needed a bit of help. And so he flew back to Winnipeg and he's been there helping them do it ever since. 
And then my dad passed away, and now it's he and my mom that run it. Wow. So can you cook Greek food? No. No. I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> you can order it. I you just, can order it like the best of us. I, yeah, and I, I can taste it. I'm yeah. always, I've always been the taster. Oh, good. Um, no, I mean, I can make some stuff, but definitely not to the level that uh, my my the rest of my family can cook. So are you? do you do musicals also? Do you like to sing? Uh, I no, I do not do musicals. I do like to sing. I'm not good. I'm like I'm not. It's not in my uh, in my wheelhouse. I wish it was, but because yeah, uh, it's the best. Because it would just be amazing. Uh, but I just can't carry a tune for so, the life of me. <laughs> well, that's slightly problematic. <laughs> not completely uh, problematic, just slightly. Yeah. So when did you? sort of start falling in love with performing I I started doing I mean I did we did theater in school so Mm -hmm. I did a bit of that and really really loved it um never really thought it would be something that I could do as a job um I was working at a bank at the time uh that was across the street from my family's restaurant so I would you know was just kind of working away like post high school or yeah so I was about I would have been yeah I would have been like like late teens, early twenties, right? And um, a friend of mine, I was kind of working my way through the bank, and I was gonna—that was the avenue that I was gonna pursue. And then a friend of mine was moving out to Vancouver for her own stuff, not in the arts. She's an actuary, actually, so she was doing something totally different. But she was like, "I think you should come, and I think you should go for it. Um, you can stay with me. Let's let's just just try it out. Like no commitment." So, as a non-Canadian, what does it mean if you live in Winnipeg? And someone says, let's go to Vancouver. Is that a big deal? Is it a small deal? Like, like, place it for us. What does that mean psychologically to someone? I mean, I think everyone has a, maybe a different... To me, I love traveling and experiencing new places. So for me, as soon as she brought it up, I got really excited. The idea of an adventure, no matter how short or long, I'm always in. Right. Um, so I was really, really excited about it. But I mean, it is far. I had to leave... I had to leave my family that I'm so close to. What's the flying time from Winnipeg to it's, Vancouver? It's, uh, oh gosh, now I gotta remember. I think it's close to like, like a good three hours, mm-hmm. I think. Three, three and a half. Right. I so think. you weren't coming home every weekend. It was a long drive. It was a long drive. Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have any money. Uh, my, my The bank didn't like, let you take any when you left. They did not, <laughs> unfortunately. Thanks for working here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple of gold bars. You go. <laughs> um my dad, though, I remember my dad being very, uh, he didn't, you know, he was like, I don't want you, you know, wanted me to stay. And then when I left, he had saved a little bit of money on the side for me. And when I was leaving, he gave me an envelope of like some money that he had put aside for me, which is still just That's the so sweet. sweetest. Yeah. yeah. And so I went there with, with nothing. Yeah, I flew out. And I my expectation was only to be there for a few months and just try it out. And then I was going to come back. Well, what was your expectation? Like, I'll get a job in a bank there or like, yeah, literally? I went, yeah, I went. So the bank w- allowed me to do because you instead of being um like I was a, a teller on the front um customer service but they let me do like a relieving people relief teller yeah I just so, want you to know I also had a job as a bank teller did you and you were really the only I've done 150 interviews and you're the only other person who has been a bank teller and I I could talk about that for the rest of this no interview way. if we wanted to but we're going to move on but what an it's an interesting experience dealing with people and their money. Yeah, is it, is. I say. it is. It is. I learned I a lot. Got ro- I got robbed twice at the bank when I worked in Vancouver. Wait, like a holdup? Yeah, like Ethan Hawke with the beard style. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more tame than that. <laughs> what? Oh my God! Yeah. What, what happened? Yeah, I was. Um, 
Is this when you were home still in Winnipeg? No, this is in Vancouver. Yeah. So I was starting. Like shitty. And I, I actually had an audition to go to. And they were really great with working with me. And I was like, oh, you know, I had to. So I was starting lock up my wicket. And a guy came in and. and uh, with a know, gun? A note. There was a note. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember at the time I wasn't. I don't, I don't think. I, I didn't feel very threatened. So at the time. In that particular situation, I was like, oh, because, you know. You, you what did the note say? just said, give me the 20s, 50s, and 100s. Uh, and You're like, do it. you have a bank book, sir? I know. I was like, I, this is a robbery. Give me your 20s, 50s, and 100s. And I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> now, is there like the bulletproof glass, or is it much more small town banking? No, it's, uh, it's they don't have, I mean, they may have it now, but at that time they didn't. Right. So it was just like the counter. Uh, so I, you know, I comply, but I, I. I complied, and then it didn't feel that particular situation didn't feel very threatening. Uh, the second time, I was I got actually got scared. Uh, he didn't have a weapon, so that time he left, and I was like, "Man, I gotta go to my audition." And I, you know, you have the the like police comes, and you have to give your, your statement, and everything. I was like, "I gotta, I'm gonna be late." I yeah. just um, so that I don't know that was a very kind of different experience. But the second time, I. Um, I got really freaked out. He had actually kind of everything was covered, and I could only see his eyes. And um, I thought it was interesting. Was there no security at the bank at the time? There was security. He must have just stepped away because we had a security guard at the front. But he, the, I guess, the guy must have been watching him, and and he stepped right. away. Because this would be an obvious in. like robbery. A hundred percent. Someone who's wearing a costume. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then he came in, and and then yeah. Did he had give you note. a note, or did he say he had a note? Bag? But I don't like this one kind of jarred me a little bit because I actually don't remember the note. Right. Like, I remember... That's how shocking their, it was. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I I thought I... You know, the first time I was fine, and then the second time, I, there was something very intimidating about the situation. So I remember reading the note and uh, and then being... I mean, of course, I wasn't surprised when I saw him come in, and then I, I kind of, you know, handed, handed over the money. And then I remember... You know, I remember at the time I was in acting classes, and I remember them being like, you don't need to raise your voice to be threatening and I remember you hear that but you don't you're like well I mean you know yeah. you're going but I remember him just saying giving me his direction of what he wanted me to do and his voice was so low and even that it would just like it just like pierced right I it just I'm, I remember it like really scared me and By the way all of this was really just getting you ready for Chicago PD. Like these experiences <laughs> that sort of happen yeah. early on. Because yeah. very few people really have interactions like that where yeah. they're on, you know, if A, you're dealing with the police in terms of answering their questions when they come in. Now you, And now you're the victim of something. Like, that's very intense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was. And it's it was... Uh... You're like, wait a minute, you're right. I guess it <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> it's all, it's a great thing that happened. I... Right. That's so scary. It was... I'm so sorry that happened oh, yeah. to you. No, it's, I mean, you know, it is, it was, you know, um, I, I kind of veered off track there on that yeah. one. But, um, but yeah, so that happened working at the bank. So you're um, taking acting classes. You're working at a bank, mostly not getting held up. But the fact that it happened to you twice is kind of crazy. Yeah. In this small little bank in yeah. Vancouver. Um, and then I was working bartending and I was serving as well. So okay. I had three jobs. Um, so you're making your way. Yeah. And are you roommates with your friend from Vancouver who said, come with me? I am. I am. She's, uh, we got a two-bedroom apartment and that she was, you know, letting me stay there. And... So how long ago is this? Just help me place on the timeline... Uh, About what year did you move to Vancouver? 2007. Okay. I moved there. So much has happened to you in kind of a short period. People are going to be very mad at you when they hear this. There was a lot of, you know what, though? There was, a, I had a lot of, uh, 
lulls too, you know, like there was, I definitely have had my success and I'm, I'm so grateful for it, but I've definitely had like, like I was down to like my last dollars a lot. There were times where I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get, and I didn't want to ask my folks for, to help me out. So I just, you know. Ramen. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like the oatmeal packets. Um, Everyone can find hot water. Right. Exactly. All you need. (laughs) Make it through. Exactly. Um. Yeah, yeah, but so I So you mean, how did you even find yourself in an acting class? Like what was the sort of genesis of that whole idea once you got there? Um, I got there and I just wanted to see if I could do it, what I could do. So mm-hmm. I went and I had gotten recommendations for different agencies and I had a list of a few agents that I was going to go meet and I met with one and I actually really loved her, so I didn't take any of my other meetings and she and I really got along. And um, had you been doing modeling or was it always acting? I modeled for uh, a minute when I was in Winnipeg. Uh, I, oh, yeah, I had a kind of a crazy modeling story, too. But they um, did they hold you up? They did was not there hold a robbery me up. in the. Yeah, <laughs> there was not. But there was actually like a, they they took I, I had won this con. My brother and I were just talking about this. I had won this modeling contest and they had taken Polaroid pictures of me when I had gotten there and they took a, put me in a bathing suit and they took Polaroid pictures of me and then laid them out in front of my brother and I and they took a sharpie and circled out my body flaws in front of me and that yeah and I was like at the time I was like 17 years old and uh I was like you know and they they just circled it all out and they were like you need to lose weight here here and here and uh my brother got obviously got protective and he was like but you guys just told her that she won this Contest. contest and they're like well look she's pretty for guy meets girl kind of pretty but if she wants to make it in this industry she needs to lose weight and my brother was like, okay, we're out. Put his arm around me and we were walking. I remember it like it was yesterday. Put his arm around me and he was like, you're not modeling anymore. You're done. And I was like, okay. And then he goes, you want to get a case of beer and some E&W? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes I, do. I do. Maybe two quesadillas. Yeah. I'm very hungry now. <laughs> no, uh, cases of beer. He's like, case of beer. What oh, a case of beer. beer. I thought you said and quesadilla. A, and an A&W. And I was like, yes, I do. I would have liked a case of beer and an A&W and two quesadillas, but that is me. I am a quesadilla lover. So those really early, do you think that stayed with you? Like now you're on camera all the time. Were you able to kind of like hold on to who you were and what you felt healthy and good about? Or did that resonate for a long time and stick with you? I think, that comment. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely still remember it, which is unfortunate. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know, like, how how dare you? You know what I mean? Like, Actually, you invited me. It's just right? like... To, you invited me over. Yeah, and just to right. say something like that to somebody so young, I don't know. Uh, uh, People yeah. are idiots. That's my takeaway. Yeah, sure. Not such a little-known fact. <laughs> idiots. So um, you did not continue. I did not. After that, I was I fin- I stopped. Uh, I think I'm just really grateful. I had both of my brothers are are uh, really incredible. So I think it's you know I definitely got, I was definitely down on myself for a minute. But my brother was like, no, nope, nope, that's not that's not real. You're not going to let them affect you. This is not that's not real life. Forget them. And just his influence in a positive way right. really helped me out of that. You know, my mom's parents were also immigrants, and she and her sister were sort of, they were first-generation American. And they really looked out for each other and sort of navigated school forms and and what is okay to do and not to do in American culture and wanting to 
sort of be super American, right? In in Brooklyn, New York, when they came, did your did you feel like your parents? were different than other kids' parents because they weren't born in Canada? Was there an awareness of that, Um, a pride, a self-consciousness? Did your brothers sort of navigate things with you in ways that maybe other people's parents were? Or was that not... I don't think I ever really thought of it like that. I mean, definitely, we definitely were were, uh, a unique family, but I never really thought of it. I kind of thought of it as more me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty quirky person, uh, and I more thought, like, I'm just, I kind of do, like... <laughs> I'm different from my parents. Right, from, ev- I kind of right. always felt, like, a little bit from everyone. Yeah. Like, I just have a weird sense of humor, and, uh, um, and it took me a while to, like, settle into that and be okay yeah. with all of that, but I didn't, I don't remember feeling growing up that I, I you know, my folks, because my folks definitely, I mean, we have, like, lamb roasts on, like, in, like, the so, Nevada Dallas actually talks about it in the movie where you do like a lamb roast on the spit yeah for in your driveway in the yeah. driveway and people walk by and they're like what is that and you, just the spirit duck and you're just like <laughs> you're like unfazed by it. you're like what you want to come in do you want some lamb it's you know? delish yeah <laughs> yeah it is yes um so it's, I guess things like that but I never really thought of it as being I don't I I didn't think of it like that I always just thought of myself as just being a bit of a quirky right person right. But, um, well, it has served you well. Thank you. <laughs> as, it, as it turns out. So you're taking acting class, and at some point you start working. You meet this lovely agent. You don't need to meet anyone else. You're like, we're good. Yeah. I, I like you. You like me. Yeah. She's not circling p- parts of your body and saying, this doesn't work. Yeah. She's saying yes. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, are you? do you start auditioning for things professionally in, in Vancouver? Yeah, she started sending me out for stuff. I started reading, and then I, you know, I booked little roles here and there. Um, I think my first thing that I booked was, like, a movie of the week movie that was shooting out there and uh, and just started getting into it. And then I remember just being like, you know, maybe, maybe I should stay. Like, maybe I might be. I'm onto something. Might be. I'm, I'd. I'd I'd hate to not have checked it out. Yeah. So I called my folks and I said I was going to stay, and um, and that's kind of that's kind of it. I never moved back. I've been gone ever since. So when did you get to California? And when did Hollywood, like, open up its arms to you and say, "Come over here. Come on over. Um, we have some network shows for you." <laughs> I uh, I had booked a little kind of independent movie in Canada that ended up. Uh, getting me a little bit of attention with is some kill agency. in the title. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was called Kill for Me. And then um, I managed to come down and do some uh, interviews with some agencies and managers. And I found two lovely agents that I, I really got on with. And I went back up to Canada and came down for pilot season that next year. So they said, "Come down." Yeah, they were like, "Come down." We took a meeting, and they're like, "We'd like to work with you." Um, so, uh, but I, I mean, I didn't have a visa. I didn't have anything. I just kind of had come down and, done, and taken a meeting yeah. and they were like, you know, we, we'll see what happens. Come down for pilot season and see, see what And did happen. you have any friends in LA? Like, where did you, where did you live? Like literally, what did you do? Um, I had, so my agent at the time, a Canadian agent knew, uh, had a friend who had, um, a spare room. Okay. So she was like, hey, I have a client that's coming in for pilot season. Can, do you think that she can stay with you? So she let me stay there for, you know, next to nothing. And you drive. And I drive. And no, wait, I think I flew that time. I flew in from. Vancouver. No, no, no. I mean, you know how to drive. Oh, yes, I do. So yeah, you yeah, yeah. could, because 
everything in LA is driving very yeah, far yeah, distances yeah. to yeah. find where you're going. Yeah. No, I don't you meant drive like road trip. I no, love doing that. Which would also be fun. Yeah. But I, no. I have um but yeah, no, so I know how to drive and so yeah, I just came down and um stayed with her. She was, you know, my main she and there's a couple neighbors that live in the na- like in the area that ended up being it was like, you know, the group of us. Um, and I went out, I just kind of went out on a bunch. I was really fortunate. They were sending me on, I was going on about three a day. Uh, were you nervous? Were you? Very nervous. But I also had this like idea that I was like, I don't know, like it's, I was just kind of giving it a go. Yeah. And if it worked out great, if not, then I was going to go back up to Vancouver and figure that out. And I like making stuff and creating. So I was going to start writing and starting to do all that. So I was just trying to see what avenue was going to be my avenue into this industry because I I wanted to be a part of it. I didn't know. uh, I know I wanted to perform, but I didn't really know how it was all going to work out. But I wasn't ready to go back. All I knew is I wasn't ready to go back to Winnipeg and I didn't want to be working at the bank anymore and I wanted to be doing this full time. Um, So I just started uh, reading and then I started um, uh, auditioning. I, I was going on a few and then that that season I ended up booking uh, Revolution. So tell us about that. Was that like many auditions? Some jobs are really easy to get and some you are jumping through hoop after hoop after hoop. Where would you feel like, where does this land? I feel like this one landed a little bit in the middle. I I had gone in for one audition and then I went back Did you go right away for producers or were you reading for casting and then they brought you back? Casting first. Yeah, so casting first and then uh, the second one was with producer. And is J.J. Abrams in the room? No, it was Eric Kripke and uh, John Favreau. Maybe it was the first one. Actually, no, wait. Eric Kripke was the first, uh, the second one. And then the third one was with John Favreau. Had you and seen Eric. Swingers? Did you know who he was? Oh, yeah. And friends and <laughs> everything. As soon as I saw him, I was like, bye. You're like, thank you. Already, I'm having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And he's such a wonderful person. He's such a wonderful person. Tell me, like, when you say that, what? What pops in your head? Why is John Favreau so fabulous? He was not only f- to an actress, you know, coming in. He, I, I was so kind of green. I just yeah. came in. I was like, oh, I'm really f- for all this to happen. Uh, I actually had a lot of like <laughs> personal stuff going on at the time. That's actually when my dad got sick uh, right. at the time, and John had found out about it, and my dad was going through this uh, surgery and. Um, we were shooting the pilot and we I couldn't leave because we were doing and he helped me he got me home he helped me get there for when my dad got out of surgery he was uh just so lovely and accommodating with all that but also just like a friend to to me under the the circumstances and was like I know your dad's in surgery you need whatever you need to do right you do I got your back wow we're good and it was uh especially going through I mean it was a obviously it was a heavy situation that was going on and and knowing that that support was there from somebody that I admired so much and mm-hmm. it was uh it was and really so cool anti what you hear about people in yeah. Hollywood right like like usually generosity isn't the first adjective generous isn't the first adjective people used to describe actors yeah he was he was wonderful um so you have but that's life right like you have this unbelievable thing happen where your cast is a lead in a huge network show which by the way two people on the planet get to do um where you get to be this like kick-ass 
amazing character yeah and your dad is really sick at the yeah. same time so there's this idea like we all go oh my god tracy right like the idea of something and then the balance of like the yin and yang totally of these moments and you're handling all of it yeah and the pressure of being on a tv show and so it started as a pilot it wasn't a straight to series thing it was a pilot just knew it was a pilot yeah i just knew and i'd never really been through this process before so i just knew I booked a pilot and everyone was really excited and I was so excited. I mean, I remember getting the call. I was at my friend's house that I had been staying with and it was like they they had I don't even remember. I think it was like 3 days to let you know after right. your screen test. So it was I had three total auditions. I don't know if I mentioned. And that. did you screen test with other actors that ended up being cast on the show or just by yourself? This particular uh screen test was just by myself. Mm-hmm. So I had gone in and uh there was another two actresses that were, you know, there's three of also us auditioning. for it. Yeah. And so we had gone in and and I had actually gone the moment before I had stepped in for my screen test was right before my brother had called me and told me dad's got, you know, stage three mouth cancer. Uh, He's got to do surgery. And I was like, I got to call you back. I just got this thing and I'm going to call you later. Yeah. Um, And then I went in and did the test, which I think it's um, just crazy. Yeah. Like life and all the things. And also the character is dealing with everything in the world of that show, everything you know is no longer. Right. Right? Like the, the rug is pulled out from an entire society, right? as it were. And obviously, not having electricity is not the same thing as getting news about your dad. But the idea of just everything you know and understand being different right. all of a sudden and surviving. Right. In the face of the unknowable. Yeah. Well, and I think for for her, for that character, she had she had kind of been raised in the environment with no power. But it was crazy because at the same time, like her dad uh, gets shot and dies in the pilot. And so it was like, was that what the scene was that you had to audition with? Um, I don't think it was that scene that I had to audition with. Okay, no, good. it was uh, it was another one. But while my dad was going to we knew the surgery was looming and all the things were happening, we did have to shoot that scene while it was all happening, which so is always kind of crazy how when art, sometimes, you know, your art can end up uh, coming in with right. life. Right, it just and meshes like, in this like, crazy ah. way. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I don't want to deal with any of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but also, your dad was alive to know that this, like, that your success was happening. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Right? For like, sure, That he yeah. got to have that joy. Yeah. It's incredible. It w- yeah, it really was. Yeah. We had loads of talks about it, and he got to see some uh, some cool stuff. He was, yeah, for sh- gr- very grateful to yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, How long were you on that show? That show went on for two years. So we did, after the pilot, uh, it got picked up, and then we the pilot was shot in Atlanta, and then we went to Wilmington, North Carolina for the first season and then Austin, Texas for the second season. So when you're, you know, my husband was on a a Showtime series for a long time, and I would say that many people saw it, but the number of people who stop him on the street for, like, one episode of, like, some, you know, I don't know, a show where, like, bugs crawl in and out of his head. Right. (laughs) (laughs) With Tony Shalhoub, like, we can't even get, you know, to our car, right? right? And then he's on this other show for 10 years, and it's lovely. Like, people say hi, and they love it, but there's not, like... It's just interesting when you do network versus cable, the number of people who see you. So that was an NBC show. Do you find that, like, suddenly everywhere you go, people are noticing you? Was that, like, a strange new 
reality for you? I think uh, on Revolution, it, it kind of started a, a little bit, just more like it locally in Wilmington, because we were all there and we were filming that I think everyone right. kind of knew that we were there. Yeah. Um, but I never really experienced anything quite like I have on, on PD. Yeah. I think on, on PD, it's just a, uh, on a bigger scale, I guess. Right. It's been around for a lot longer. And so uh, he, this is kind of the first time, I would say, on a, on a regular basis do I ex- kind of experience that, especially locally in Chicago. Right. Um, but everyone's so lovely, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. so, you know, so sweet. And everyone just wants to be like, hey, love the show. Awesome job. And you're like, great. Thank you so much. Well, you also become, you know, when I tweet out that my guests are coming on, you know, the, is it Chai Hard? Is that the hashtag? Chai Hard, like, yeah. I mean, there are so <laughs> yeah. many Chicago, like, first of all, not to fast forward too quickly, but the the kind of, like, level of people who are casting, like, J.J. Abrams, it's J.J. Abrams, and then it's Dick Wolf. Like, these are people who are creating libraries of content. Like, no matter what happens to the planet Earth, there will be, like, shows these two people have created in a vault somewhere like for centuries and centuries and centuries to come yeah right like they are television gods yeah so was J.J. Abrams around was he just a producer in name of Revolution or would he kind of come around and and be a part of the show I mean he was involved but he was he was in LA so he wouldn't come to set right but you know when we would finish I I met with him several times going out to uh, Los Angeles he's awesome He's so then, a wonderful person. Then when so you started out as a recurring car- character on Chicago PD, which is correct. Like I came in as a three episode an arc guest arc. Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, when did you come on as a regular? Uh, five. Okay. Yeah. So Dick Wolf is is like. Is there something about being on a Dick Wolf show that like you could go? Okay, this is what it means to be on one of his shows. Yeah, it's it's like a really big, lovely family. Mm-hmm. It really is um, supported everywhere. Um, and crossover between these Chicago shows. Yeah, and that's that's really cool, too, just to, like, it's just such a unique um, situation to have all three of these shows, all of them being filmed in Chicago, and all of us being able to kind of dip our toes into each other's stuff. Yeah. And it just really, I think it makes the whole universe a lot, brings it, makes it more realistic. Yeah. So are all three, it's Chicago PD, Chicago... Med. Med and Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, are they all shooting at the same time? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you all stay, like, in some, I don't know, like, Chicago... Chai hard compound. Like <laughs> there's a lot of people do live kind of in the same area, yes. and then some of us are kind of spread out all all around. But uh, we shoot all of us shoot in the same the same stages, and then we go out on location a lot as well. But our our stages are you know at Cinespace and and we're there. So you see each other. You do see each other in passing a lot. We see more fire because we're further back, and Med is a little bit more in the front. But you mm-hmm. do see each other. That is hilarious. So it must start feeling real. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it's kind of cool when we get to shoot on some of their stages, or even if we're walking through and we see them carrying all their gear in and walking in to do their thing. It's it's 
So as an actor, every time I get sides where there's like, they pull out a gun and I never know, like, do I make my fingers look like a gun? Do I like, do I go bang, bang? Like, it's so confusing. So much of the material that one auditions for, for the kind of show you're on, there's like the talking scenes where, where we see like who the character is. And then there's the action stuff, right? right? So I have a question for you. Yeah. When you've auditioned for this stuff, was there action sequence stuff that you had to audition with where there's like guns or anything that your character would be doing on the job? For PD, no. But in the past and other auditions, yes. So do you, what, if there is a gun that you're supposed to be holding at someone, do you pretend, what do you do? I've tried to remember now, I think... I think I would try to avoid it now because I think I just feel if there's a way that I can go around it and not use it, I would I would just you will not use your try to not thumb and forefinger. No, because I'm always like I, I I just never know what to do with that, and I always okay. If there's a phone call, do you pretend that you're holding a phone? Like when there are props involved, I do try what do you to do? use the props. Okay. If there's a phone call, I will try to use my phone or not again. Your thumb and pinky, not thumb a... and pinky. I will use my actual <laughs> phone. I will do that. Um, but like, if it's like you know, she's making a salad, yes. I just won't do it. Okay. <laughs> if she's killing someone, maybe. Maybe if she's making a salad, not so I much. Just, if she's um, making a salad. There, I remember that being I a know, thing in an audition, and I was like, "What do I do? Like, do I just stand there and mime it? I feel like I maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I don't so know I just either. don't. I just don't do it. I've been doing this for one hundred years. I can learn the lines. I can get my makeup on. I can put on the costume, but I'm like literally paralyzed when it has those stage directions about like these action things. I try to see if there's a way, and it doesn't affect the story yeah I try to not do it it's a no because I just feel that like I don't know I mean if it matters to what we're doing a hundred percent I will do it but if it's gonna make if, if what they want to see is this connection or what I'm capable of doing in that yeah then I'd rather lean towards that than try to overcome my problems with not having what I have in front of me for the props. So, yes. like, I totally understand and agree and I'm always like I don't know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna not do it. Is that okay? See what you think of that? Yeah. I can't mime the spoon with the bowl if you do want me to make a salad. But if you bring me all the ingredients, also, by the way, I make a Greek salad that's freaking amazing. exactly. If we are going to do that. So you have played such, I mean, really powerful women um, who are also able to have, you know, there's a scene, I mean, I watched a lot of the Chicago P- I just watched a lot of you in getting ready for today and there's an amazing scene where you really share a very intense story of your own character's abuse um with someone who is being questioned mm-hmm. about whether or not they harmed somebody mm-hmm. and it kind of connects to how things that happened to us in our childhood um can somehow create things we do in our adulthood Mm -hmm. um do you know the scene that Mm -hmm. i'm talking about yeah um where it's just so and i thought you know it's funny when you talked about your acting teachers saying that sometimes a volume isn't the way to get your point across there was so much um tenderness compassion and vulnerability are those scenes hard to do because that's what's fun about the work you're getting to do there's the like shoot them up part of it and you're so physically 
agile and you're doing all of this like fun kick-ass stunt stuff right which is like i know you love gaming i do so this is like i mean <laughs> i don't know if you're doing mario kart or if you like to do things that are more aggressive in gaming uh, I definitely like a combo of both, <laughs> okay. I would say. I definitely love, like, you know, Destiny and, like, right. a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which um, is super cool, and I know your fans love that about you. Um, how do you – are the, what, which, are, which scenes are kind of the most fun for you to do? I would say I actually do really love getting into – like, that scene was, was, uh, was fun – in like a heartbreaking way mm-hmm. because that actor was Cameron so beautiful. is such a oh my god he's, he's incredible beautiful uh, I love him you guys were great together and yeah and he I, I just absolutely adore him um, and uh, and it was just fun getting to like he had so I don't it was just again it was so much to play off of and and we both just kind of had a really heartbreaking good time Mm -hmm. playing it so did you talk to each other before the scene began is that I mean rehearsal is too it's blocking is really all it is in tv there's not like scene work going on were you guys able to talk about it beforehand or did you just go for it we kind of went for it I don't remember if there was maybe any any you know uh thing we we kind of maybe pre but nothing really we both just kind of went in preparing with whatever we had prepared Mm -hmm. And then just played off of each other, and uh, and it evolved as we did it. You know, it was like a play. It was really exciting. We uh, thank you. Yeah. No, Can you it... just tell listeners because I saw it, and so I know what we're talking about. Can you just set up the scene for them so they know what I'm I'm asking you about? Oh yeah. So it was uh, an episode where. Um, we believe we have a suspect. Uh, well, we do have a suspect in custody, and all signs point to uh, he has committed this crime, and he an assault and assault uh, murders a woman, and that I find um, on the ground, and she kind of dies in, in my arms, and so we're trying to figure it out, and all signs point to this person, and so we go in and are questioning him, and and he's he's uh, not not. You know, not saying anything really. Right, and so then you go into the interrogation room, and I go into the interrogation room, and I find out that he has uh, a troubled past, and so I sit down and bond with him over the troubled past, um, which you know we we find out at the end. She she walks out of the interrogation room after the confession happens, and they're like, "Whoa, did that actually happen? Did you make it up?" And she kind of brushes it off, and then you find out at the end that that is part of hers. Right. right? That we is learn true. a big thing about who your character is. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so then I go into the uh, into the interview, and I try to uh, connect with him on both of our pasts and see to see if that is something that did he have like maybe he didn't mean to do it intentionally, but did he have an involuntary kind of reaction and did this actually happen right and then he confesses to doing it and later we find out that it was a false confession and he had reasons for taking that confession it was to protect his grandmother and he um hangs himself in the scene right right uh you sort of started out when you described your journey as someone who went to vancouver to try this thing and either it was going to work or not work. It wasn't like from the time you were two, you were like, if I don't become an actress, I'm going to, I don't know what to do with myself, right? And little by, and you took class, and little by little, you've been learning, talk about on-the-job training, right? Like you've been thrown into the fire with these huge roles. 
um, with so much to do emotionally and physically, surrounded by, it sounds like, kind of amazing mentors and co-stars. Yeah. Um, You've been doing it now like 10 years? Yeah. So is it satisfying? Is it what you, what are you getting from it? I could not be more grateful Mm -hmm. for my position that I'm in. Yeah, it's very satisfying. I think getting to play pretend for a living uh, is an incredible thing. Also getting to to portray these incredible women mm-hmm. and getting to show all sides of of her and them, and you her know, humanity. Yeah, when it Charlie as well, you know, she was so vulnerable in a lot of things and and I think with Haley like you know, she's this total tough badass, but she's super vulnerable and she cares genuinely about everyone and she wants to do the best job that she can. But she's also, you know, tough and, and all of those things all in one. And you don't have to be one or the other. Yeah. Those are those, you know, she's a, a complete person. Well, the writing is really great. It really way. is. It's not it's it's really modern in that way like yeah. she's such a modern day did you audition for for the part originally or were you offered it I did audition for it I put uh, a self-tape on for it yeah. um and uh and it was you know during pilot season and there was all this other stuff going on and I remember being like oh wow that'd be awesome okay like let's let's do the self-tape and then I run to go to the other thing and you yeah. and it's Um, you know, usually how they say when it happens, when you're like, okay, uh, I only have like half an hour to shoot this self tape because they need it today. And, you know, I'm going to learn it really quick and do my best. We're going to do it. And then, yeah. And it, and it, uh, and at the time you didn't know it would end up being a regular. You just thought it's a couple of episodes on this season. Yeah. I knew that it was going to be a three episode arc with a potential to reoccur. Right. Um, and that's all I knew. Right. Which by the way. How many times have we done that and it actually doesn't recur? Yeah, exactly. For whatever reason. So, and your co-star's name is? Well, I have, there's, Jesse Lee Sofer is one of them. Yes. So you and Jesse Lee Sofer seem to have a lot of fun together. Yes. He is my partner on on the show. Um, and yeah, he's like one of my best friends. He's an awesome. It, you person. feel that like that chemistry really comes off the screen. It's really exciting. So I'm happy to hear that it feels that way. Yeah. Oh, he's he's one of the loveliest people. He, he's definitely one of my best friends for sure. Well, I know that you can't give us any spoiler alerts, but it is if there's anything you want to tell us about the show before we go, I know your fans would be thrilled to like hear one little something that maybe they don't know. Um. Well, we will get to see in the next coming episodes. I'm not sure where it lines up, but there is going to be some information that comes out about um, Haley and Ruzik, her uh, the the romance, and and there's going to be an update. We haven't really seen anything about them in the last yeah. little while, so there is going to be uh, something that comes up with that. Okay, well, that makes me really happy. It makes me really happy for you. Yeah, I am so thrilled that you came on today you are the most charming hilarious compelling lovely person Thank you. i hope you will come on again and we can check in and see what's happening in with all the things i would love that it would um, be a pleasure and if anyone is in winnipeg what's the name of the diner olympia diner Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Thank you very you for much. Being here it was so much fun. Yes. Clouds can make the wind blow. Bugs can make the grass grow. So there you go. These are little known facts that you know. 
If you want more information about my guests, go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says Contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast. And on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. Do you believe in stories? I know I do. Do you feel like there is more to your story? Personally, I feel like there's more to every story. And I got some good news. There's this great company called The Pocket Media Group, and they can help you find the more in your story and tell it so it connects to the people you most want to reach. They specialize in video, photography, writing, design, branding, and strategy, all the pieces you need to start something new or polish up something old. And they understand that story, whether it's a photograph, a video, or words on a page, powerfully connects people and ideas. So whether you're a not-for-profit, a company, or just good old you with an idea, whatever your story, mission, or message, reach out to the people at The Pocket Media Group at www.thepocketmediagroup.com and let them help you start telling your story. Because look, we know there is definitely more to your story.